0: Before we get to the show today, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the great folks at Amcrest. Amcrest products are a part of a generation of advanced remote monitoring, communication, and surveillance systems which bridge the gap between powerful capability, ease of use, and affordability. With their high-quality and robust designs, their cameras allow you to securely monitor your home, run your small business, or medium to large enterprises. Amcrest cameras are specifically designed to record and deliver live video and audio to you anywhere in the world. I'm now running my meetings, my ministry appointments, and all my content teaching with a webcam made by Amcrest. I like its ease of use, the quality, the durability, and the reliability that their AWC 2198 with dual microphones provides me. For the modest price, this would be a great starter camera for anyone looking to improve their picture and sound on a Zoom or Skype or Google Hangout call. I'm also using my webcam to post podcast videos to YouTube. And if you're in the market to upgrade your USB camera for your laptop or computer for a very reasonable price, go check out the outstanding selection of products at Amcrest.com. That's spelled A M C R E S T.com. Brendan Kumarasamy is passionate about helping others achieve rocket-level success, whether it's helping them overcome their fear of public speaking, or helping startups with their pitch decks to raise capital, or in his current role at IBM, he helps clients transition to better communication to help them simply do business better. He's coached over 100 individuals on mastering the art of public speaking, having spoken at organizations such as Next AI, Technovation Montreal, Upstart ED, and Front Row Ventures. Brendan has also launched MasterTalk, his coaching channel on YouTube. With over 4,100 subscribers, Brendan shares concise, clear, and extremely helpful tips, lessons, and exercises to help all of us become better at public speaking presenting in front of a group, or on video, and in general, communicating much better. Learn more about Brendan and his work at mastertalk.ca. I hope you enjoy our conversation today on the Encouragers United podcast.
1: I realized I was the youngest speech coach in the world because I started training C-level executives with the age of 23. So I kind of just said, hey, why don't I just make videos in my basement, you know, to help some people who can't afford me. So that's how Mastark started. And I didn't really, I honestly thought it was a stupid idea, but after a couple of months, the channel started really gaining traction and I, and I realized how big of an issue communication was for the world.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Encouragers United podcast for this week and I've got a great pleasure to introduce you to a new friend, uh, Brendan from Master Talk. How's it going, Brendan? Very good, Charles. How about yourself, man? Hey, great. Thank you so much for being here today. You are currently working as a business transformation co- consultant with IBM. Um, that's a... Okay. It's, a, it's a big job, I'm sure, as it is uh, just in, its, in and of itself, but you've started a YouTube channel that has a, I caught my eye, and I just, I'm just i so uh, honored to meet you. It's called Master Talk, and so tell us the impetus behind your YouTube channel.
1: Of course, and the honor is absolutely mine, Charles, and definitely not the other way around, but uh, the idea behind the channel was, was very simple, actually. I, I never wanted to be a, an influencer or you know, I thought that was for rich kids or something. I was a regular guy, you know, born in a regular city in Montreal, Canada, which is based up north, I guess, from where you live. And I just wanted a regular job. So, so I worked really hard. I, I was fortunate enough to get an offer at IBM. But in that process, what happened is I got really good at communication. Because while other guys my age were, were using their, their college days to play different sports like basketball or football, rugby as you can tell i'm not qualified for any of those things so what i did instead is i used that same competitive spirit and i actually did presentations competitively so for three years i presented 500 times i coached dozens of people on public speaking and without even realizing it when i started working at the firm at ibm i mean i realized i was the youngest speech coach in the world because i started training c-level executives which are CEOs. So for those who are listening at the age of 23 so i kind of just said hey why don't I just make videos in my basement, you know, to help some people who can't afford me. So that's how Mastark started. And I didn't really, I honestly thought it was a stupid idea, but after a couple of months, the channel started really gaining traction. And I I realized how big of an issue communication was for the world.
0: Yeah, that channel uh, caught my eye. You've got about 4,000, basically closing in on 4,000 subscribers. And um, I I will just highly recommend it to our listeners because it's got great energy. Brendan does a great job with the content. We're going to get to some of that here in a second. But I was just so excited because, um, you know, in today's age, the virus, uh, you know, the increase of Zoom calls and Google Hangouts and, you know, all these uh, myriad of software where we're meeting electronically or, you know, remotely, um, public speaking has become more and more important and a larger and larger stress for people. Um, Teachers are having to go online, obviously. Um, Mentors and consultants are having to pivot and start to do meetings, you know, uh, remotely, business leaders doing presentations. All of this requires us to be better public speakers. And so here comes Brendan with this great, great content. And so I want to get to a couple topics that you have here. First off, you actually have a background you've mentioned in some of your videos in theater and in improv. And you have a video that encourages people to leverage the arts, as you call it, and, and utilize some, some training and some tactics that folks would use. I have a background somewhat in theater as well and have participated that way. Um, but tell us some tips and tricks for leveraging the arts in becoming a better public speaker. Absolutely. Happy to do
1: that so there's a couple of tips we can talk about the first one is falling in love with disaster so when i was in my first improv class i just did a couple on the side for for the fun of it at the end of every one of those workshops they would have a show for the public and what shocked me the most charles is how little experience those people had and how many of them raised their hand to want to participate in the show i was like you've been through one class every i was scared i didn't want to go up there but what they loved and what i learned from those people was even if they knew nothing about improv, was that willingness to fall in love with disastrous situations. I always say to prepare for the worst. If you're in a meeting with an executive that you, you know, you're scared of, get 10 of them to bombard you with questions, that meeting suddenly becomes a joke. If you're worried about a presentation you've spent years honing, talk about oranges for a couple of minutes, see where that takes you and then go back to that. So it's this idea of falling in love with disaster. Number two, always say yes. So the idea with improv is regardless of the scene, regardless of the fruit, regardless of the situation that you get, you need to invent something out of thin air. Because the second that you say no, the scene ends in the same way that if you get to a presentation, you realize that your slides don't work and because the computer's not working for whatever reason, and you just say, well, I can't present. Then you're denying that experience for the people who took time out of their day to watch you. There are so many situations I've been to, Charles, where I had, I had to speak for 60 minutes. I ended up only having 10 minutes. There are situations where, uh, one in particular, I went to a presentation I prepared four months for, and on the day I learned that I needed to give the presentation in two different languages at the same time English wow. and French. So I know to speak French, so it wasn't that bad, yeah. but I didn't practice the keynote in French. So it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you always need to say yes, not because for you, but because the audience is listening to you, whether you're in an improv session or you're giving a communication workshop or a podcasting session, is there to listen to you and is there to learn from you. So you need to deliver for them regardless. Third one, always learn to think really quickly on your feet. So let's say you're at a wedding. The best man comes up to you and says, or best woman, I guess, depending on how that works, goes, well, Brenda, I need you to give a speech. You don't want to mess that up because it's your best man's favorite, uh, probably the most important day of his life. So you need to learn to think quickly on your feet. And the best way you can do that is to put yourself in situations that are much harder, that push you out of your comfort zone that we'll be talking about later, like the random word exercise, or essentially doing exercises and skills that you would never normally do to push yourself to think faster and to learn that fundamental skill of public speaking.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That And that so reinforces, I think, what, you know, high energy, positive minded, you know, um, encouraging type people, we may tend to naturally do those things in our real life. And I, I really resonate with always saying yes, and just trying to roll with it, you know, and, and I've done enough presentations and teaching to know that, I got to be ready when something's going to go wrong, and I actually have to fall in love. I love the way you say that, to fall in love with the fact that it's probably not going to go as planned, the disaster, so to speak. Um, You know, another thing that I love that that you've really captured is coaching people in how to give a presentation or, you know, make a speech or present when we just don't feel like it. And even the highest energy people who are most passionate sometimes get up in the morning and go, you oh, know, I'm just not feeling it today. And so you have some great tips. Why don't you give us some coaching and, and what do I do when I just don't feel it?
1: Right. And, and guilty is charged, by the way. There are, there are so many days I wake up where I don't want to film. I don't want to give that workshop. And there's a couple of things that we can do to mitigate this. So the key understanding, Charles, is to, is to really get a hone on where you get your energy from. So for me, when I wake up in the morning, I was given a one workshop in particular before COVID hit. I had to wake up at like five thirty AM for it. So even the most energetic guy on YouTube for public speaking, anyways, wasn't too, uh, wasn't wasn't hap- was super excited to be there. But the second I walked in the room and I met one of the workshop attendees, it was sixteen-year-old girl. She came up to me and she was like, "Oh, you're the master talk guy. I Watched your videos. I really enjoyed." it. I was pulling energy from her. And it gave me life. It said, oh, wow, this is not just a workshop. This is an opportunity for me to add value to people who also woke up at 5.30 a.m. to be here. So it's this idea of pulling energy from your audience. The second thing to think about is this idea that you have to always understand the consequences of not delivering it. So let's say in my case, what happens if I don't show up that morning? Is there somebody that can replace me? Short notice. Is there somebody who can... uh, figure out five years of communication experience and present it like me, even if I'm at 40% or 50%, it's still better that I present it anyways. And this analogy applies to everyone who's listening right now, whether it's a, a fitness program you do, whether it's a yoga instructor, whether you're a podcaster, you're always the best person to give that workshop or else you wouldn't be there in the first place. So by acknowledging your responsibility to deliver to those group of people, not only do you get better as a speaker very quickly, I might add, the more responsibility you take on for that person, the more accountable you are to that audience. But the other side of that is you can also use the energy for them and say, hey, what I have to say is actually important, so let me deliver that. And then the third thing is just show up and let your passion handle the rest. I think if there's anything I've learned is the second the momentum starts flowing, the second you have a nice cup of coffee when you get there, you start talking to a couple of people, your audience will handle the rest. They're, they're going to be sitting there. And, and one other thing I get is if the audience is sitting there for an hour, trust me, they want you to succeed or else they would use their hour to do something else. So as long as you know that, you can leverage all of that
0: and make every bad day a good one. Yeah, it's, it's you remind people that it's really about the audience and you got to do your job. And so if they've hired you to come or if you're responsible, you know, uh, you know, in any way, you've got to show up. And, and so I, I really appreciate that. And, and I think what I'll encourage folks with is to look up master class or master talk on YouTube because Brendan does some really good things. Uh, the presentation of the videos are exciting. There, there's high energy. It's great, great professionalism. And in their, their small bite-sized, you know, videos, it's not, you know, I'm sitting there for an hour trying to get, you know, the information. It's, you know, you're very concise and you do a great job. Another thing that you do um, in your video series is you recommend that we can actually practice and do certain drills and exercises to become better at public speaking. And I love it. I love it. I love it. One of the, the quotes that you put out there, you become what you practice. And so tell us about these drills and some suggestions to, to, that we can implement every day, actually. Absolutely. So, so the reason I made that video, Charles, is I realized one of the issues with public
1: speaking is most practice often requires a partner. So let's say me and you are practicing together in Ohio. We're working with each other. We're communicating. but We can't always meet all the time. You might be busy with the podcast, with the work, with your other commitments. So it's always hard to coordinate all the time. So, But these exercises, you could actually do on your own with no supervision, with really no other person around you, and you'll still be able to work on it. So let's go through that. And I'm happy to demonstrate one of them in particular, which I'm sure you probably were. So the first one is the random word exercise. So the exercise is simple. You pick any word in your house, any object, could be anything really, and you make a presentation out of thin air. So how about you just give me a random word, Charles, and I'm happy to demonstrate. You know, I was just thinking that, and uh, I'm going to give you the word lamp lamp sure so what i need to do for the context of people who are listening is i need to create a presentation at thin air he did not give me this word prior to the interview so here i go as i'm sitting in my basement counting the minutes of the clock as as the day ends i realize how grateful i am not just because of the opportunity i get to work every day on something meaningful but because of that lamp post next to me that illuminates my desk and allows me to work what most people take for granted. Whether it's a lamp or a pencil or a paper, other people in the world see it in the same way that we see our iPhones, in the same way that we see our houses, in the same way that we see a gourmet dinner with our loved one. But the lamp has a much deeper meaning than it just illuminating your desk. It symbolizes the way of how we need to illuminate our lives a bit more and how we use our light not just... For the things that we write on a desk, but for the vision and for the life that we want to live. So I encourage you all, the next time you look at your lamp, don't just see it as a way to get your stuff done for the day. See it as a way to create new ideas. See it as the person who once created that lamp and imagine
0: what you can create. With your life.
1: So that's just an example. I just <laughs> that is awesome. The,
0: Brendan, that is so cool. And, and again, it. that's what you're seeing and hearing folks is years of practice, you know, obviously, and, and uh, you're not going to be able to kind of roll off that type of presentation really on a random word the first time you try. But that is the result of work and practice and daily effort to become a better communicator. And that is so vital in today's society. It is just so rich. Okay, keep going.
1: Right. So a couple of things before I go on the next exercise, I'd like to emphasize this. First one is never compare yourself to me. And the reason is because I've done this exercise 2000 times at least, and I'm not exaggerating because remember, it takes a minute to do each one, right? So over the years that I've done this, but the second point that I want to mention here is if you do this five minutes every not five hours, not 50, you know, 50 minutes, five minutes. You pick five words, one minute each. Now, at the beginning, you know, you'll, when you get lamp, you'll say, you know, a lamp is an object that gives me light. And then over time, you'll start to storyboard like me when you get to like try number 100 or something. Number three, understand why the exercise matters. I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, yeah, you know, why am I talking about lamps for a minute? The reason is more for mindset than anything else. Right now, we're scared of our presentations that we actually know something about. Oh, I have to talk about my podcast next week. I'm scared. Well, if you talk about hippos for a minute, trust me. If you talk about lamp, I once got nail polish on a podcast. Imagine how difficult <laughs> that would have been for me. So I talked about the definition of beauty or something. But the point is, is if you do nail polish for a minute, imagine the presentation you actually know something about. The presentation that you once thought was scary suddenly becomes a joke right so exercise number two next thing you want to do is what i call forced silence drill so what this does is it allows you to force yourself to pause at specific elements of a presentation so that you can quickly learn this is easier with the partner but if you're alone what you can do instead is you can time yourself so let's say i'm giving a 60 minute uh, 60 second presentation i mean, like an elevator pitch my name is brendan i do this blah 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 what you want to do is every five seconds you just want to pause for two. So I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, etc. And if you do it with a partner, it's actually a lot more effective and you don't need to be a speech coach to do this. Charles can just look at me and go, you know, Brennan's speaking too quickly in this thing. I'm not really sure, but let me just try pausing it. Let me try pausing here. And what you want to do is you want to record both of those versions. So when you review the second one with somebody else pausing you or you pausing yourself, it sounds way better. And I do this with a lot of my clients who practice alone at home. They just record themselves and then they send it to me and I go, hey, do this again and just pause at these areas and they send it again. It's way better, right? mm. Easy. You don't need a coach to do this. Just do it on your own. Easy. And then after that, the endless gaze. So the endless gaze is a, is a funny one because it's simple, but most people aren't willing to do it, but I'm happy to talk about it. So the endless gaze, essentially, it solves one problem. And that problem is we have a lot of difficulty looking at people in the eyes, in silence, not just in presentations, but also in life in general. So when we look at somebody that we love, it's very hard for us to maintain eye contact without looking at our phones, without, uh, oh, you know, let me just go do something else, right? So my challenge is what I give my executive clients as as an exercise. Go up to somebody that you love in your house. This could be a wife. This could be a husband, a kid, a family member, doesn't matter, friend. And I challenge you to look at them in the eyes for three minutes and say nothing. You can still blink. Just look at them. Most of my clients can't do that. But if you can do it, the advantage, trust me, you'll get a lot of advantages outside of presentations, but it'll make you a lot more comfortable in them as well.
0: Yeah, those are awesome. And, and there's, there's lots more uh, available at Master Talk, that YouTube channel. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You actually did a, a neat video where you mentioned the five most common mistakes that people doing a, a public address or a public speech uh, often make. I'm going to test you. Can you remember what those five are? I'll try. I'll try this.
1: I'll I'll try to remember that because no one usually asks me that because that's a fairly new video. I think that came out uh, last week. But if I remember correctly, uh, just for for the audience, I actually record my videos a year in advance. Wow. Uh, I'm pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually writing my Controvert 2023 right now, the present as of this recording. So yeah, so I always have trouble remembering sometimes, but I'll, I'll give you a couple. So the first one, biggest mistake, is lack of audience prep. Most people don't prepare for their audiences enough. And let me add more details here because people are thinking right now, Oh well, Brendan, I know how to do that. Like I'm thinking about my audience. I know who they are. No, no, no. There is nobody in my industry who has had more lunch conversations, coffee conversations, dinner conversation with eight year olds, with 57 year olds, with 75 year olds, with 20 year olds. The difference between the best speakers in the world and everyone else is we do not think about our audience. We obsess over them we understand the psychology of who they are so much so that the other person feels that we understand them so for example in this very recording when i'm on a podcast and the person's very expert they go brendan it's such a pleasure to be here i mirror that energy i go dude it's so great to be here too i love this but charles the opposite is also true hey you know uh, i'm really excited to be here i'm like oh paula is this your first podcast interview she's like yeah you know i'm really shy but i prepared a lot for this so you don't have to worry let's take it one question at a time so notice how the way that i completely mirrored that situation this is what we call mirroring completely changed why because i don't think about my audience charles i obsess maniacally over them and that is the difference between the top one percent and the top 10%. So that's one mistake that comes to mind. Second was, I'm definitely gonna forget a couple, I already know it right <laughs> off the bat, but another one that comes to mind, um, oh right, I don't know, lack of practice. Yeah. Most people, actually it's not really lack of practice, it's not understanding how to practice. So let's say you have a presentation to give. Most of the presentations in, in our lives we've only given once or twice. So my, and that's why we're not very good. So, so if I give an analogy here, riding your bike the first time. You didn't just get on a two-wheeler and just know exactly what to do. That's a new analogy I just thought of. I'm gonna use that in future shows, do but it. the point is. Oh, awesome. But like it took you like a, a couple of months to like get it right on the four wheels, and then you took the training wheels off. But the reason you're successful is because you're always riding the same bike. You're not, you're not riding a tricycle all of a sudden. You're not switching vehicles. Same thing with driving. But we don't do that in public speaking. Because in public speaking, You have two days to prepare for a presentation. You know, Charles, I need you to do this for Friday. You get it done, but then you take the presentation, you throw it in the garbage and move on to the next one. So my recommendation instead is find one presentation, one topic that you like, that you enjoy, that you want to present a lot, that solves a problem for somebody else that you can do uh, Mm. repeatedly. This is what we call the repeatable presentation. And for you, since you had me on the show, for you, the, the presentation is easy. It's your own podcast. What is Encourages United for? What are you trying to solve for as you're practicing this in ministers and churches and areas around you, business communities? What's unique about that presentation is you can do it a lot over and over and over again until it's perfect. And I'll try and give you one more. Let's see. What other mistakes are we say here? Oh, right. Here's one that I can mention that I actually didn't talk about in the video is most people don't pull enough uh, from other industries. So for example, let's say you want to create a new topic. Let's say you're presenting uh, something at work or something within your industry. I would say a big mistake a lot of the pros make is that they don't take insight. They don't try and learn from industries that have nothing to do with them. So in my case, I'm not this big theater guy. I don't go to shows every week. or I did a couple of improv sessions, but I'm able to tie in industries that aren't necessarily relevant to corporate communication tips that changes the way people perceive my brand. So let's say like one of the other videos that I'm sure you've probably watched was my, the three lessons I learned from karaoke. So not many people know this, but I can karaoke in eight different languages. So I just did that for fun. That wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna use this to be a professional speaker someday. But when I looked at the, at my life after, I said, hey, there's an analogy here. Like just last week, I made a I made a video that's gonna come out in like three years, called "The Three Lessons I Learned from Roller Coaster Rides" because I hate roller coasters. Okay. And one of the tips that I shared in that future video that you get like the exclusive content, is this idea of, of even if the person next to you can't do anything, they're better off next to you. So like an example, in a roller coaster ride, the person who's next to you can't do anything for you, right? Like if you're yelling, like they can't soothe your emotions, but you always appreciate that they're next to you anyways, you know, when they're waiting in line with you talking to you. And I think that analogy applies so well to public speaking because even if the person next to you, that's, helping you practice isn't necessarily a speech coach it doesn't matter because just their present forces you to practice yeah. so it's this idea that most people aren't willing to think outside the box and to use a uh, Lior Souchard's quote to, 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 to kind of end uh, to end this part is this idea of most people make the mistake of thinking outside of the box but what they should be doing is thinking
0: in between both boxes and I think that was really powerful yeah, it is, and and you know what? I'm not going to reveal the other most common mistakes that people make in public speaking, because our listeners and viewers on YouTube will need to go to Master Talk, and Brendan's channel is on the rise. It is doing so well, and it helped me as um, I present and teach, even within the podcast uh, realm. What Brendan brings up as you know teachable points is so valuable. Brendan, how can uh, our listeners best uh, learn more about you and uh, and check you out. Give us give us a way that people might reach out and contact you.
1: Absolutely, Charles. And before I do that, I think what was great about your question that, that for the audience to listen to, that was a good demonstration of always saying yes.
0: Even if I didn't know of the answers, it yeah. doesn't
1: really matter. You That's just right. run with it you That's keep right. going. No doubt. Right There you go. So if you want to reach out to me, the best way of doing that is master talk in one word. You can check out all my YouTube videos there. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, the best way of doing that is Instagram, so you could message me directly at MasterYourTalk. I'm always happy to answer any questions, comments, insults, complaints. Feel well, free to and, let me know.
0: And you're doing some individual consulting as well, so I would I would highly recommend Brendan. He is a great young man uh, doing some great work. Brendan, thanks again so much. It was wonderful to have you on the show today. Of course, pleasure was mine. Next week, I interview Christian author and online educator Kristen Hogreff-Parnell. She's written a dystopian Christian fiction series called The Revisionary. She and I talk about her faith is integrated into her writing, how she hopes to inspire young people to creativity, and she even has some words of encouragement for online students and parents here in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. You won't want to miss it. having somebody think that they're less than. I see that all the time in my students, and I'm constantly just encouraging them, no, it's okay. In fact, it's probably good that you made this mistake now, so you don't make it later. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Encouragers United Podcast with me, Charlie Grimes. I would love for you to do me a favor and leave a comment and a rating for this podcast. It means more to me than you know because that's how people are alerted about the Encouragers United Podcast. I invite you to simply let me know how I'm doing and that refers others to listen as well. I appreciate and read every one of your comments and I'm trying to make the show better and better each week. For more information and to connect with optimistic, enthusiastic leaders all over the world, be sure to search for Encouragers United on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, or visit my website CharlesRGrimes.com.